WEEI Studios, the home of the Red Sox. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. Always live on the free Odyssey app. And now, a Boston original on Boston Sports Original. It's Christian Arcan on WEEI. They're going to toss it to him. Jones to Jones. Throws it upfield. And Jones down the sideline. He could go. Jones all the way. Touchdown. Burrow throws off his back foot. Intercepted. And charging down the field is Marcus Jones. The 30, the 20, the 10. Touchdown. A pick six for Marcus Jones as the Patriots score another defensive touchdown. Their sixth of the year. Five past the hour here, Sports Radio, WEEI. It's Arcan Weekend Arcan here with you for one more hour, and then it's football all night. We got both games here. Westwood One's coverage on Sports Radio, WEEI. Beginning with the Seahawks at the 49ers, Geno Smith, who the uh, NFL rigged the entire season for, <laughs> apparently, uh, to get there and get probably smoked by San Francisco. Does anybody think, uh, even with Brock Purdy playing, does anyone think Seattle is a, has a chance in this one? I kind of don't. Uh, San Francisco's defense is so good. And even with Purdy, I mean, they're just so loaded on offense. Then again, it's the playoffs, and it's a division game, so anything can happen. Uh, Then later on tonight, the Jacksonville Jaguars will host the uh, L.A. Chargers. And, man, I got to tell you, that Chargers coach, Staley, what a bozo he is. What the hell are you doing playing your starters in that Broncos game? What's wrong with you? Mike Williams breaks his back. Uh, has a fracture in his back, but you know what I mean. I mean, that's that was inexcusable. Really, it was. Oh, well, football player, you got to play every game. No, you don't. <laughs> you really don't. And if you need any more uh, evidence of that, just look around the league at some of these quarterbacks that were playing in week week 18. You know, guys were, guys were taking time. Guys were sitting. Guys were getting ready for the playoffs. That's what the Chargers should have been doing. That was stupid. Anyway, that game's at 8-15. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one, too. I think... Chargers-Jacksonville might be the game of the weekend, honestly. I think it could be. I like that game better than I like Skylar Thompson's chances against Buffalo. Giants-Vikings could be a good one, though, I'd imagine. Maybe not the most exciting game in the world. Uh, I feel like it's going to be one of those low-scoring slogs. Baltimore-Cincinnati, Huntley's playing, so eh. And then there's Dallas-Tampa Bay on Monday night, which obviously we're all going to be watching. It's the Monday night game. I feel like Tampa's is going to win that game 10 to 6 or something like it's going to be unwatchably bad. That's my prediction. Take the under. Tampa wins like 10 to 6 or 9 to 3 or some crap score like that and uh somehow makes it to the next round. Um anyways, what we just played for you there was a montage of my favorite patriot, Marcus Jones. He's my favorite patriot. He has the potential to be like everyone's favorite Patriot for years to come. I'm not kidding. Like, Marcus Joe, what he did this season was really cool. And I'm saying he has the potential for that. It's not guaranteed. Um, You can have a season where a bunch of cool stuff happens and it doesn't necessarily make you the best player on the team or, you know, the best-selling jersey or anything like that. Uh, But I think Marcus Jones, he's got a real chance. I mean, how often do you see a kid do all that in his rookie year or really ever? You know, there's not a lot of players in the league like that that you can uh, that you can look at and see him catching passes for touchdowns on a screen, pick sixes, punt returns, just electric. I mean, really, he's electric. 
And he's all pro. Marcus Jones, rookie all pro. Punt return. He got 47% of the votes, 143 votes. Beating out Khalif Raymond, Ray Ray McLeod, Avery Williams, Devin Duvernay, DeAndre Carter, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Kevante Turpin, Jamal Agnew, and Trent Taylor. Um, the only one who was close was Raymond, really. He also got a vote for kick return. But that went to uh, Keyshawn Nixon of Green Bay, who got 44% of the votes. And the Wong Yu in uh, Minnesota there got uh, 27 votes. Naeem Hines got a few. Uh, probably just for that last game. <laughs> Picked up a couple of there. Uh, a couple of votes there, I should say. How do the rest of the Patriots do? Any other Patriots make the list? Well, no. <laughs> no, uh, no other Patriots All-Pros, but a couple guys got votes. Um, on offense, if you can believe it, not at quarterback, running back, tight end, wide receiver, or uh, left tackle, left guard, center, or right tackle, but at right guard, Mike Unwenu got 15 votes. Bravo. Zach Martin was your All-Pro with Chris Lindstrom behind him. And then Onwenu, third. Not bad. I didn't think he had a great year, but uh, I'd, what do I know? <laughs> I, you know, I sort of felt like the entire offensive line was kind of suspect most of the year. Um, but I, again, it's that's one of the things. One of the things I defer to the experts on. Uh, on defense, Patriots had a good defense. Surely, there's a couple of uh, guys in the mix here. There are no one, no one who uh, ended up actually making the team, but. At edge rusher, after Nick Bosa and Micah Parsons, who were the two uh, all-pros there, Miles Garrett, Hassan Reddick, and Max Crosby, you got Matthew Judon. Then Brian Burns and T.J. Watt. I uh, am a little surprised by how few votes Judon got. I'm surprised that Max Crosby got almost twice as many, along with Reddick. And Reddick's having a great year, and Max Crosby's a good player, but... I feel like Judon had a bigger impact than those guys. Yeah, definitely a bigger impact than Crosby. Judon, along with his individual stats, really elevated that whole pass rush. And he, you know, I think that that was a carryover to guys like Uche and Wise and, you know, the rest of those guys. I just think, I think Judon was just such a presence. It was, it was really, they, they, it felt like they fed off of him. Um, I don't know if you say that about Max Crosby when Chandler Jones is over there on the other side. <laughs> you know, it's just that's weird. Miles um, Garrett, he's a name, obviously, and uh, Parsons and Bosa, I have no problem with that. Those guys were amazing this year. So was Judon, but, you know, it's only two. Um, interior linemen, nobody. Uh, linebackers, nobody. Cornerbacks, nobody. Sauce Gardner, he's your all-pro at corner. 136 votes for the rookie. That's, that's pretty good for him. It's safety. Kyle Duggar on the list. Minka Fitzpatrick in Pittsburgh and uh, Hufanga in San Francisco. Those are your guys there. Derwin James is the other one. Then it goes Justin Simmons, Jordan Poyer, Ryan Neal, Teron Matthew, Von Bell, Quandre Diggs, Kevin Byard, <clears throat> Buda Baker, Rayshon Jenkins, and then Kyle Duggar, who got six votes. It's about 1%. He's ahead of Harrison Smith, um, Jalen Petrie, Jesse Bates, and uh, his own teammate, Devin McCourty, who was also on the list. He got a vote, too. Uh, so six votes for Duggar, one for McCourty. Duggar, obviously, with those uh, pick sixes, got him some consideration there, but not enough to make him a realistic, you know, all-pro candidate. Uh, a couple of votes, though, good for him. And then uh, there was Marcus Jones. I mentioned that. Matthew Slater uh, got votes on special teams. So did Brendan Schooler. And that's it. 
that's uh, that's it. No, um, nothing else to report really. And I don't know if you think there were any big snubs there, but at quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, hundred and forty-eight votes, forty-nine percent. Then Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. I know that there's a faction of fans because I've heard this sort of talk that think that the Chiefs aren't that much different from the Patriots. The only real thing that's different is Patrick Mahomes. And what they point to is, well, look at who he's throwing to. Other than Travis Kelsey, who's he really got? And you sort of have a point there. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster, who the Patriots could have had, by the way. He was a free agent the same time as Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. You could have had that guy. Um, He re-signed with Pittsburgh that year, and now he's on the Chiefs. But you could have had him two years ago. Uh, One year, $8 million, I think it was, too. It wasn't even expensive. You spent way more money on these other guys. <laughs> um, He had a great year this year. 900-something yards. Probably, probably wouldn't have put up those numbers with Mac Jones this year. I understand that. But it's more than just Patrick Mahomes. Three out of the five Kansas City offensive linemen are pro bowlers, and two of them are all pros. Creed Humphreys, the center they drafted uh, last year, I want to say, is second. Jason Kelsey was the center, but Creed Humphreys right behind him. He's a second-year player. Joe Tooney, right behind Batonio uh, at left guard for All-Pro. And uh, who's the other one? Orlando Brown, who was a pro bowler, I think, in Baltimore. He might have been All-Pro. He's definitely a pro bowler in Baltimore. And Kansas City said, we want this guy. They're they're letting him go. We're going to sign him. Same thing with Joe Tooney. They invested in that offensive line. They invested in the offensive line. They brought in the guys that they wanted. And they said, we'll trade Tyreek Hill. Okay, we'll lose Sammy Watkins. We'll lose some of these guys and Watkins, whatever. But, you know, we'll we'll make our wide receiving group Schuster, Mecole Hardman. Who else do they have? Uh, Valdez Scandling? Like, it's not very impressive. It's not a great room. You know, you look at the Patriots' room of wide receivers and you think, well, it's not that great. Chiefs don't have a great room either. They do have a great tight end. And they have a great offensive line. Like, a great one. Patriots had one guy on their offensive line that got any all-pro votes. So you tell me. The Chiefs might be, and we'll see what they do this year. I can tell you, they're the number one seed. We'll see how they we'll see how they finish. But they did all this without some big play, you know? Like, they didn't need the Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, one of those wide receivers for Patrick Mahomes. He was able to do it with that group. And uh, they got to buy, so... You know, you tell me. 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. Quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the wild card weekend coming up here. Every quarterback playing today is making their postseason debut. How about that? Uh, We'll do that after the trending. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. NFL playoffs start today. Two games kicking off wild card weekend. Seahawks battling the 49ers, followed by the Chargers and the Jaguars. We'll have Westwood One's coverage of both games beginning at 4 following me, Christian Arkan. It's the NFL postseason on WEEI and Westwood One. Another NFL news, Sean McVay announced he'll return for his seventh season as head coach of the Rams after some 
odd uncertainty about his future. Celtics go for their sixth straight win tonight in the first of two straight in Charlotte against the Hornets. Tip-off set for 7 o'clock, sticking with the NBA. A new attendance record was set at the Alamo Dome between the Warriors and the Spurs. 68,000 fans, more than that, were in attendance for San Antonio's 50th anniversary. Bruins will try and bounce back from their first regulation home loss of the season tonight against the Maple Leafs. Puck drops at 7 o'clock. Red Sox announced yesterday they've avoided arbitration with five more players. Alex Verdugo, Nick Pavetta, Ryan Brazier, Christian Arroyo, and Reese McGuire. Red Sox also are reportedly linked to free agent outfielder Adam Duvall. And here's a little bit of breaking news. According to multiple sources, Gerard Mayo has canceled his head coaching interview with the Carolina Panthers. I'm Christian Arcan, and that's what's trending now. We're back to Christian Arcan on WEEI. Texter at 37937 says, uh, hey, one thing you're missing, Arkan, Andy Reid's running that offense, not Matt Patricia. It doesn't matter what players you have when that's the guy calling the plays. Fair. Fair point. Um, it's uh, it's not him calling the plays, though. It's uh, Biennemi. My, uh, my guy there, Colorado Buffalo, Eric Biennemi. Is their offensive coordinator, who, by the way, I mean, you talk about a guy, you talk, you wonder why a guy like him doesn't get a head coaching job. He's an offensive uh, coordinator. He's the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, which, sure, does Patrick Mahomes make him look good? Yeah, probably. But has Biennemi ever made him look bad? You know, like, I just, I sort of feel like... <laughs> It's sort of that same kind of weird thing. I've heard stuff, you know, that Biennemi maybe is not, doesn't interview great or maybe doesn't, you know, have a lot of, people don't have a lot of uh, belief in him as a potential head coach for reasons I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I'll always root. I root for all my Colorado guys. I root for Fourier. I root for Teddy J, Nate Solder, whoever else. Doesn't matter. You go to see you, you're all right with me. Um, All the quarterbacks playing today are playing for the first time. In the playoffs. I think that's interesting. Um, in the NFC, this was funny. In the NFC, all the quarterbacks who were playing all weekend, right? You got Geno, Daniel Jones, Brock Purdy. It's the first time for all three of them. Jalen Hurts, it's his second playoff game. He's 0-1. Dak Prescott's 1-3. Kirk Cousins is 1-2. And, and Tom Brady is 35-12. and 12. <laughs> Anyway. How far off are the Patriots? I don't know. I'd say far. I'd say they're far off. Far off from being like a relevant playoff team. They can make the play. Are they far off from maybe making the playoffs? No. I don't think so. I think they're far off from winning a playoff game without, you know, some sort of weather event <laughs> to help them out. Uh, that's That's sort of how I feel about that. They're not far off from being in the mix. They're in the mix this year. But that, again, doesn't build Patriot place, being in the mix. And, uh, you know, people know that. People are aware of that. One thing I wanted to touch on briefly here, we're going to talk with Tom King in about five minutes. Uh, always look forward to talking with him, get his post-mortem on this season and uh, what his take is on what this team's going to do going forward here. Uh, this Gerard Mayo news certainly big. But real quick, I just wanted to touch on this whole Sean McVay situation. What happened there? It looked like he was done. It looked like he was out. 
was that just a power play leverage move for him? Or like what, you know, like did he did he ask for more money? Like what did, what did he do? Why? How did this happen? He told everybody he's going to stay in L.A. and be the head coach yesterday. A couple days before, I think it was Wednesday, maybe Tuesday, in his news conference at the end of the year, he said he's going to take the appropriate time to make a decision on his future and figure out the best way to continue to move forward, the right way to be the best coach you can possibly be. Sounds like something you say when you're about to break up with somebody, you know, doesn't it? Listen, I got to take the appropriate time to make a decision on my future and be the best uh, boyfriend I can possibly be, which means I'm never going to see you again. <laughs> like, you know, like what? What is that? That was a weird. That was a weird way of putting that. Rams are five and twelve this year. It was McVay's worst season, and Stafford got hurt. Cup got hurt. Donald got hurt. I mean, the whole team's banged up. Um, he signed an extension that goes through 2026. And he's getting paid. It's not like, you know, it's not like he's some middle-of-the-pack guy looking for a big payday. Like, he got, that was a big extension he got. They won the Super Bowl, okay? In the week leading up to the Super Bowl that they won, he was asked uh, a question. He said he won't make it if he's coaching until he's 60. And said he has all these things he wants to do outside of football. Wants to be on TV. I don't know. I don't know what McVay wants to do. I think that, uh, for the most part, you look at a guy that age and with that sort of impact that he's made this quickly in the NFL, like he has a coaching tree that is like gold bullion right now. And I just, I don't know. I mean, I think that uh, if you if you look at, what he's done and sort of where he's at, then you have questions about where this is all coming from. And I think the obvious answer that people sort of point to is, well, look at that team. They traded everything. They traded all their draft picks. They don't care about any draft picks ever coming up. They traded for Wagner. They traded for everybody. And now they have no draft. You know, like, I mean, maybe maybe it's as simple as that. He knows that they sold out and and mortgaged the future, and now he's a little uneasy about the future. It could be just that simple. But wouldn't you want to at least, even if you're going to lose for a few years, I mean, you're you're making bank. In a way, I kind of respect it. It's savvy, you know. He's like, ah, this isn't going to go well. I'd better I better start laying the foundation for uh, for an exit here. I better start thinking about what I want to do and where I'm going to go. It's like the anti-Belichick, if you think about it. <laughs> Belichick's here 70 years old, you know, hanging on. McVeigh, what? How old is McVeigh even? Thirty-six? I mean, my lord. Guy's thirty-six years old, he's burned out on football. That's I mean, that isn't that it shows you the contract dichotomy of how this all works. People were talking about Sean McVay like he was the future of the league. And now he's showing them the door? (laughs) That's very weird. I mean, he's back, so we'll see. But you don't start start, uh, laying this kind of foundation unless you want to build that house. You know what I mean?
I think there's uh, certainly a lot of questions still lingering around the future and uh, what's going on with Sean McVay. But uh, unfortunately, New England, he's not going to come here and be your offensive coordinator. So uh, T's and P's. All right, with that in mind, let's go to the Harbor One hotline yet again. Uh, this time to talk with my good friend and yours from the Nashua Telegraph. He's the oldest man in the world. Tom King joins the program. Hello, Tom. How are you? Good. I called you producer, Christian. I said you couldn't get Sean McVay, so you settled on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Another contrast yeah. in uh, youth versus age and uh, that sort of thing. Um, Tom, oh, boy. doesn't it seem like the Patriots season ended like a month ago? Like it was six days ago. Why does it seem like it was so much further uh, back down the timeline? Because when we saw the flip uh, in the Raiders game at the on the last play, I think that's when the season ended right there, mm. um, and that was a month ago. So I think it just seems like uh, you know, look, they just didn't seem like they were going to be in the second half of the season like they were going to be much of a contender for for much, you know. And if they made the playoffs, it wouldn't have really mattered, especially with the seventh, mm. you know, with the with the added team. You, you don't really think that you sneak in like that you're going to really do much damage so i think that's why christian i think we just all knew that it was a laborious season i mean we all labored through it we all cringed we all looked at it we all shook our heads and and that was starting in august so uh, i think that's why it just seems like it was it ended a while ago because it basically it really it really did do you agree and with the look, uh sorry go ahead now we look forward to see what they're going to do you know and uh, and the funny thing is, is they're going to tell us what they're going to do, evidently, right? Yeah. So that that's a you know you you want to know what that's all about? What we what we saw the, the press night, release? I we, would I would love yeah. to know. I have a theory on it, well, but sure. What do you think? <laughs> my theory here's what here's what's happening right there. I, I think you know football's a business, and I think the business side of the Patriots, you know, ownership obviously, but the business side of the Patriots is telling the football side, look. We can't – nobody's buying what you're selling. We can't sell this product. Hmm. If you've been to a couple of games later in the season, it wasn't a full place. It wasn't. Um, Christmas Eve, if you looked up at the stand – now, granted, it was a cold day, but if you looked at the sunny part of the stadium and looked up at the stands in the upper deck, there was it was half-filled. Half and, and that first half, and then the Buffalo game, ownership watches that, sales watches that. You know, the sales department, the business department, they all watch that and they say, we can't sell this to anybody. We don't want to see our numbers go down. I can't imagine they sold a lot of those Mac Jones jerseys this past year either, right? No, I I don't think so. So the problem is, so so what happened, obviously, you know, stemming from the meeting with Kraft is, you know, they decide Mayo is a very popular guy. We want to keep popular guys. We can sell popular guys. So they want Mayo to stay. And they obviously knew that they were going to try to, you know, beef up the offensive coaching staff. Well, let's tell people that because then we can sell it. People, we won't have these businesses and these corporations who are trying to buy tickets and rent suites and everything else saying, what are you guys doing with your offense? And then, well, we just told you, we're, we're, we're going to hire an offensive coordinator. That's what a lot of that is about. I wonder how much of that will carry over into the offseason, how communicative, communicative Belichick will be in, in terms of whether they've told him, we need you to be more open. The What's in the best interest of the team doesn't work anymore as an explanation because we can't sell that anymore. We don't have a Super Bowl champion to sell. We don't have Tom Brady to sell. So I think that that's a big part of it. 
I really do. Doesn't this all and, sound to you, Tom, like Bill Belichick's worst nightmare? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. But but uh, yeah, his other worst nightmare is, is maybe, you know, coaching the Denver Broncos. You <laughs> right. <know? laughs> you know, so where is he going to want to coach? He's going to want to stay here. So, you know, he'll, he'll, you know, especially with the Shula record, you know, and I think the Patriots want him here. They want him here. They want him to break the record as a Patriot coach. So uh, I think that's where it all stands. So it'll be interesting to see. We'll know a little bit more. But I remember, you know, back in in March at the at the big went at the big you know owners meetings, the NFL meetings that they have, you know, where the coaches all pose right. for the team picture the whole bit. And Bill drinks you know, his orange Belichick, juice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Bill, yeah, Belichick drinks the orange juice, but never is in the team picture. Right, never is. His his comment to us, and I wrote about it, was. Well, you know, we were wondering about, well, what are you going to do with the offense? Who's going to call the plays? Who's going to coach the offense? Well, you know, he goes, we're not going to be running a play for a while. You know, it was March. Well, guess what, Bill? You're not running a play for a while again. You know? (laughs) So, you know, those explanations may not cut it anymore. So it'll be interesting. I'll be very curious to see how public they are with all the moves they're going to make. Because when, when have they ever done what they – when I saw that email, I had to check the address to make sure it, was, it was, wasn't it was a wasn't a hoax. Were you getting catfished? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, come on. You know, and, of course, with me, I needed, you know, five pairs of glasses to read it. So, of course. You know, it was – right. So, but – Big magnifying glass in front of the screen. <laughs> oh, I need one of those badly. <laughs> um, let me ask you this. Gerard Mayo reportedly canceled his uh, interview with Carolina. What can the Patriots offer him that would cause him to do that? Uh, obviously, they offered him maybe an associate head coaching job, uh, title or whatever, more money, obviously. But if I'm Gerard Mayo, I think that's a mistake. I think you have a chance at a head coaching job. You have a chance at to at least interview. You interviewed last year. You interviewed well. Uh, you know, maybe you didn't think that Carolina was on the level and wanting to offer you a job if you do interview well, and that's why you didn't want to waste your time. So maybe that's it. But if I'm Mayo, I want to be out there. I want to interview for as many head coaching positions as I can, can you know, head coaching opportunities as I can get. Um, and maybe, maybe the Patriots said, look, if you get out of Carolina, you know, some of this is off the table. So who knows? You know, but that's, that's the deal. But if I'm Gerard Mayo, I, I would have, you know, I would have gone to that interview. Yeah, I'm shocked that he didn't. Um, it's yeah. shades of Josh McDaniels, you know, like he had his office cleaned out. He was about to get on the plane, and then they called him into the office, and he bailed on the whole thing. Like I don't know what it is. They got some sort of persuasive sales pitch for these guys right before they go out and uh, out into the world. It seems like. Well, I think uh, I think uh, I think what happened with McDaniel's is 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 <laughs> Belichick said to him, "You're not going to have a quarterback when you get there." Right. You know, <laughs> and that may have been that may have been the deciding factor. He may have may have thought of, uh, twice about it then, but the, the timing was certainly weird. Uh, but you know, it, it, look, there's no other position in football that's more vilified than an offensive coordinator, right? Because we're all play calling from our from our couches or from our seats in the press box. So that's that's always going to be a very big magnifying glass put on that position. So what the Patriots will do right now, I don't know. But to be honest with you, I don't understand why all of a sudden Bill O'Brien is the best is is the greatest offensive genius known to man. Um, you know, obviously he was here before and there's familiarity with him, 
But, uh, I mean, I think the Patriots, you know, should do their due diligence and look around the league and, and also see what's out there for offensive coordinator. And maybe that's why they made the press release. Maybe that's why they want to let the league know that people around the league know we're open for business. You want to be our offensive coordinator? Give us a call. What other names, uh, what other names are you hearing? Any? No, I mean, uh, you know, (laughs) Sean McVay would have been a good one, right? (laughs) Kingsbury. Yeah. I would, you know, look, Kingsbury automatically because of his ties to the organization where he was there, you know, um, but, and, and maybe, but I think if it's not O'Brien, and, you know, look, you've heard 20 different reports, whether they've talked to him or not, they probably haven't really talked to him. Um, but if it's not O'Brien, my guess is it's going to be probably somebody that has ties to Belichick. But we'll, we'll find out. We'll see. Is that a mistake? I mean, you know, you left it in Belichick's hands with a bill, with some Bill guys this past year, and it, was about, it went about as badly as it could have gone. Is maybe the move to – go a different direction, not from Belichick, but from his, what's comfortable for him, you know? Well, I mean, if you're, if you're a head coach, you want people around you that you're comfortable with. I never believe in someone else picking your assistant coaches for you, whether it's in baseball, basketball, hockey, or football. So I think if you're, if you're a head coach, you want your guys there. So I think Bill Belichick is going to want his guys there. I still feel that Matt Patricia was a one-year experiment and a one-year stopgap. If it went well, fine. If it didn't, well, oh, well, we'll try again. But, of course, it's, the, the stakes are high when you do that. So um, did it cost them a playoff berth? I don't know because look at the all-pro voting. I mean, yeah. nothing says you don't have much talent than that voting, right? They, they don't seem to have a ton of real, real top-level talent. Now, granted, when they won the Super Bowls, they, they didn't have, you know, you know, multi, multi, you know, they weren't, they weren't dream teams. They had the great, greatest quarterback that there was. That helps. I mean, that's certainly, look at the Chiefs, that helps. helps. (laughs) Yeah, right. But you need the other stuff. You know, you need the other guys. And, um, you know, I think the Patriots really still, they need to get younger. I I, I think, you know, uh, I, I still think they need that youth. And I also think I would, I would really bet the house that their top draft pick uh, coming up in the uh, in, in late April, early May is going to be a left tackle. They yeah. really need to be. You, you talked about it with the Chiefs and look at the investment they made in in their offensive line, and I think that's what you have to do. I'd rather draft an offensive line than sign an offensive line. Uh, but uh, either way, if they're able to do it in free agency, or and, and you may see a signing in free agency too. Uh, that I think they're going to be be out there in, in the business of trying to trying to draft a left tackle if if that is the best available guy that they can see on the board when when they pick I think what are they picking fourteenth fifteenth yeah on there. and I'll tell you what in the past that was always a first round uh, type of selection that I trusted Bill with but lately I mean Isaiah Wynn Cole Strange I know Strange isn't a tackle but like on the offensive line in the first round it's been a little shaky lately I don't judge offensive well win yes win's problem is, is has been his health ever since he's gotten to the NFL and then he's just shown that he's been inconsistent yeah. Cole Strange is just learning the ropes um I think that that offensive linemen you really kind of have to to give uh give them a, a a couple of years to develop I really do I mean I case in point is the left tackle the Giants have in Andrew Thomas he was not very good his first year this year he's you know he's I think he's an all pro I'm not sure but um, he's a top left tackle. So I think that that's what you have to do. Um, If there's not much patience with the business side and with the ownership, 
then maybe that left tackle or those offensive linemen come via the free agency and you're you're dipping into the talent pool again. Do you uh, uh, agree with the uh, all-pro voters that Marcus Jones was the best Patriot this year? Uh, no, I thought Judon was the best Patriot. I agree with that. I think Judon was their, is, is their best player overall. I really do. Um, now Judon tailed off a little bit in the second, second half, but you know what? He deferred a lot to Uche, mm. and he made Uche a better player. So, uh, but I think Judon was their, was their best guy. Jones is their fastest guy. Although I still think I could probably beat him in a hundred yard dash. I think you probably could too. Uh, Jones is like, he was the most exciting player on the team, obviously, but I agree with you. I think Judon uh, made everyone around him better. Yeah, I think so too. Judon was big on defense. If Judon was out there, he usually made a play. If he didn't make a play, the Patriots were in trouble. What uh, surprises can we expect here coming into next season? What's going to be, what's going to be the main thing on opening day next year that makes fans say, wow, that's, that's really different. Uh, you'd hope it's a dynamic offensive player, right? Somebody that uh, has speed can make it down the field and, and catch passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, I think that's what you're, that's what you're looking for because that's what that offense needs. You know, it's got a bunch of uh, guys that are average, average at best born, I think is the best talented receiver. Um, and the other thing is if Tyquan Thornton can take, you know, things to a different level in year two, he certainly didn't show it in year one, but, uh, bits and pieces, but not a lot. So, but I think that's, I think that's uh, that'll that'll really uh, stand out as well. Free agency will tell us a lot, don't mm, you think? Absolutely. It sounds as though they're going to spend again, right? They're going to Algar goes off the books. Um, you know, there's probably other players that are going to. There's, you know, they have like what was it, uh, twelve to fifteen free agents, I think, and half of them may not come back. I think Jacoby Myers is one they would like to bring back. But um, but that's the deal. I mean, I think that they need they need speed on the outside. They need to open up that offense, and that's the best way to do it. All right, we'll leave it right there. Tom King, Nashua Telegraph, been great talking to you all season, my man. Um, we'll talk to you again soon, I'm sure. All right, Mr. Arquette, thank you very much for all having right. me. That is uh, Tom King, Nashua Telegraph. Again, the oldest man in the world. He's been covering the Patriots since before they wore helmets. Uh, I'm not even kidding. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. We'll wrap things up next. Covering Boston sports and beyond. We're back to Christian Arcand on WEEI. Sports Radio WEEI. I got a few minutes left here, so I'll get to your phone calls. Whatever you got, I'll take you. Uh, Johnny in New York's been waiting forever. Johnny, what's going on, my man? Arcan the Baptist. What's <laughs> How you doing? up, my brother? How you doing, Johnny? What's going on in doing? what's going on in the big city today? You know, it's cold, it snowed a little, but the biggest news here is that W E E I brought the demon in to join the Baptist. Yes. I, I'm I'm excited about it. I'm gonna just say this. I want it from ten to two. I'll leave it at that, I'll move on. Okay. Okay. You get it two to, two to six is when it's going to be happening, but that's that's fine. I know, I know, but I listen, Arkan, I know, but I want to tend to two, and then I can switch over. But listen, I'm not going to make you, you, you know, switch, you, Johnny, you switch over anyways, what you do. I well, you go between the commercials. I want to hear Arkan all you know all the time. I'm in the disciples. I'm I'm like the head of the Arkan, you know, academy of the fan club. Johnny, like, I appreciate I appreciate you, man. What's on your mind? Well, you're the best. Okay, it's the truth. Um, listen, Heimblum, the guy, no accountability at all. And that that press conference where they they're they're re-signing Devers. I mean, did you hear? He said that. Uh, he said that he knows the fan base is smart, and that we knew there would be some ups and downs. Like, mm. dude, 
nobody thought it would be this down. And then he also said a line about how the team's taken some haymakers. And it's like, bro, you didn't catch any bad luck here. You just did a bad job. And so if you just show a little accountability, I don't know where in, in the, the Arcan, you know, book of, of Mormon, so to speak, is like accountability, the importance of accountability. But for me, the guy takes a little accountability. I can forgive. I can forgive and I can move on and, and, and hope to the future. But if you don't take accountability, it makes it very difficult. Arcan, you are the man, my friend. Thanks, Johnny. I appreciate it. Um, was he accountable enough? Was High and Bloom accountable enough? You know, that's a fair criticism, I'd say. Because for all the talk, and he talked a while, there wasn't a lot of acknowledgement of wrongdoing, right? Like, and I don't, you know, it's not like he's under interrogation here. He was announcing a big signing, one of his players, a fan favorite. So it wasn't supposed to be some somber press conference where you go in there and talk about how bad things are. Uh, so maybe that was the wrong setting for it, but that's I mean, still, I admit, that's a fair criticism, especially at the end when he's talking about now you see the direction we have and now you brilliant fans, you know what we're doing now. It's like, yeah, we do, and it sucks. We hate it. <laughs> it's really not fun. It's not good. Uh, the team's probably going to suck again this year, although maybe they won't. Maybe they'll be one of those random teams like the Bruins right this year. You think they're going to suck, and then they just kick everyone's ass. <laughs> I doubt it, but, you know, stranger things have happened. Uh, let's wrap things up here with Steve in Fall River. Hello, Steve. How are you? I know you had your guest on, and God bless him. Uh, it could be time to retire, though. The, the, this offensive line, these picks on the offensive line, at number one and the first round is the problem. Not that you have a guard or you have a, a tackle that can't play. They had three scoring drives, didn't they, against the Bills? I heard Mac Jones went 17 for 17 on these, in this last week. Is that correct? Mac Jones in the first half was fantastic. I mean, he carved he them up. He had three scoring, scoring drives. They said he went 17 for 17. He had David Andrews. He had uh, – who was the right ta- guard, guard Saturday? Uh, uh, right guard was on Wenu. Left guard was strange, and then it was uh, the tackles were McDermott. um, McDermott McDermott was – I'm talking about the right side. McDermott McDermott and Brown, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's a rogues gallery right there. You don't need Cole Strange at left guard because left guard is very unimpactful. Well, hold on, Steve. How'd they do the rest of the year, okay? I mean, that was one game. They played 17 games. How'd that offensive line look all year? How about about if I have a guy at 32 or or 17 like – like uh, a win who can't play. How about if we had a edge rusher? How about if we had a receiver that we're always uh, craving? An edge rusher? Steve, you got a bunch of edge rushers. Matthew Judon's a good edge rusher. That's one thing you don't need. Music starts. the only reason I cut him off. I love Steve. I know he thinks I hate him, but I really don't. I do like him. He's wrong about that, though. What if they had an edge rusher? They got two pretty good ones. One great one. And I think Uche next year will be fighting for a Pro Bowl spot. I do. Um, I don't think that's too far off for him. Um, Wide receiver, though, he's right about that. I want to say thanks to Tom King. I want to say thanks to Joe Sway Pavone. I also want to say I am really pumped up about Adam Jones coming here. I know I said that already yesterday, but I just want to reiterate it. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, And that's all my time here today. Stay tuned. NFL football coming your way for the rest of the night. Stiz, great job as always. Talk to you on Tuesday. We're off Monday. I'll talk to you on Tuesday at 2 o'clock. Goodbye.